Welcome to episode three of season two of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. I am your host, Martin, and we will be talking about live action roleplay events and experiences. Uh, throughout this series, we'll be talking about specific LARPs and also more general topics surrounding LARPs. Today, we are going to look at the good, the bad, and the genuinely weird from some of those who have played in various LARPs. The good, the bad, and the genuinely weird will look at things that have been good at various LARPs, things that have been bad, or things that have been just genuinely weird. This could be plot, venue, organizers, style of play, really anything our guests think deserve discussion. I would like to take this moment to thank Feedspot, which is a blogging site for including From Adventure to Innkeeper as one of the top five LARP podcasts you must follow for 2021. Uh, their list is a good one, and I can recommend all the podcasts on it, with, of course, a major bias toward this one, which came in at number four. Their website is blog.feedspot.com, and the top five list can be found at blog.feedspot.com backslash LARP underscore podcasts. This show is for both new LARPers through to seasoned veterans, and we'll be implementing a scale to let you know the main focus of the episodes. Uh, episodes will air every odd month, so January, March, May, July, September, November, and will be approximately one to two hours in length. Every episode is for everyone, but some will focus more on uh, issues that will resonate with more than one group uh, or another. And as such, we have a scale that will tell you the focus of the topics and possibly the depths of some of the various bogs and dungeons we'll wade into. The scale for this episode will be Adventurer, as it's aimed for the general player, both new and experienced, young and elder. As this episode covers a wide variety of LARPs, I've arranged for some guests to help me via Zoom to discuss what their thoughts uh, on the good, the bad, and the genuinely weird are. So with me today via Zoom, I have Lars from Norway, Stephanie from the U.S., Raquel also from the U.S., and Peter, who is also from the U.S. So thank you, Lars, Stephanie, Raquel, and Peter for joining me today. Um, before we begin an open discussion, let me first uh, ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your involvement with LARP, and uh, we can start with uh, Lars. Okay, yeah, I'm Lars. I am, like I said, from Norway. I'm... 46 years old, and I've been LARPing since 99. Uh, my f mostly in the Norwegian national scene and joined the international scene just three, four years ago. and been doing that for the most part since. Excellent. Well, well welcome, to, welcome to From Adventurer to Innkeeper. Uh, Stephanie. Hi, uh, I'm Stephanie, and I have been LARPing since, I think, 2016, 2017. I'm relatively new to LARP, but um, I've been on both sides of the, been a player and I've been uh, an NPC. So it's it's been really cool to get an introduction to sort of both sides at once. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to be here. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Uh... And Raquel. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Raquel. I go by Raquel Skellington online. I work as a professional LARPer and a model. Um, I started LARPing about uh, 10 years ago, and I'm 25. So 
I'm, uh, I've been in the game for a long time and as somebody pretty young, so it's a uh, LARP is pretty formative for me. <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, Peter. Yeah. Um, I'm Peter. I've been doing, uh, LARP since 2013, I think maybe I started with a parlor LARP and from there moved on to a buffer LARP and then, from there, moved on to doing like blockbuster LARPs and have started actually getting into design a little bit or like being staff members or something. I don't even know. <laughs> I just show up and they do what they tell me. Excellent. Um, so for, for my listeners, uh, you've all probably heard this before, but I'm Martin. Um, I've been LARPing for about 30 years. Um, on and off, starting with a whole bunch of local parlor LARPs where I used to live and have since moved on to the international scene. And this past year, I've been working on on designing and setting up a LARP together with another group uh, called Quest Adventure Games. So that's that's who the panel is today. Uh, now, to ensure that we are all on the same page for the purposes of this conversation, um, I am just going to briefly define what specifically we're talking about today. Uh, so we're talking about the good, the bad, and the genuinely weird. Uh, this could be everything from your experience at a LARP, to things surrounding the venue, to the LARP crew, to the plot, or anything else which you either fell in love with, drove you insane, or was just fun for the sake of fun, or was just so odd as to be awesome. So now that we're hopefully on the same page, I will open this up to my guests uh, on Zoom as well, so we can begin delving a little bit deeper into this aspect of LARP. So let's start with each of you picking something from any category, um, could be good, bad, or genuinely weird, and telling us about it from your perspective. And uh, the floor is open for whoever wants to start. Um, all right, I have one for you guys. Um, so <laughs> when I was about uh, 19, I went to uh, Bicolin, which is a battle... Uh, slash Ren Fair kind of event in Canada. It's, I wouldn't really say it's a traditional LARP per se, since there's not much role playing. Um, but uh, there was a, a night, it was a week long, and there was a night called Ladies Night on Wednesday. And um, me still, you know, being young, I was just like, yeah, it's going to be a great time where guys are going to sing opera to us. It's going to be great. It was so not like that. It was the equivalent of fantasy magic Mike. Uh, and there was a dude walking around with his head in one of those like stock holders where his like hands and his head were in like that piece of wood. And I'm sitting in a chair minding my own business. And this dude goes, my lady, may I worship you? And I'm like, what? He's like, my lady, may I worship you? And I'm like, I, I don't know, I guess. And this dude gets on his knees, takes off my shoe, and puts my whole foot in his mouth. Oh, he just, he just puts, he just puts my foot in his mouth and is like gargling my toes or whatever. I was like, ah, um, please stop. <laughs> and, and that was probably like the weirdest interaction I think I've ever had at a LARP anywhere in the world. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing that'll top that. I, I mean, I, no. I, I, from a weird perspective, I probably have nothing that'll top that. That that's that's <laughs> that's that's genuinely weird. That that's just so bizarre. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I didn't know what to 
Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely bizarre. Um, I, I, I think that from my own perspective, the weirdest thing I ever saw at a LARP was meat baby. Meat baby. Meat baby, which, which <laughs> certainly has meaning for three of us on this LARP, uh, or on this discussion. So it was a space based, uh, space opera kind of LARP called legend of the stars. And it's an amazing, amazing, uh, LARP if it ever runs again. Um, which is kind of set in this space wizardy universe. And at one point, um, the, the players found this, this like dead child thing that was literally made of, of various kinds of meat product put together. Um, and it was incredible. It was bizarre. It was so odd. <laughs> That it, it, you had to see it to sort of believe it. Yeah. Um, I worked that LARP and that I think was my first, because Legend of the Stars was my first ever LARP and I worked it as like a volunteer non-player character. And so we're on like a, we're on like a battleship. I have no idea what's going on ever. And I'm just, I'm just trying to like go to the bathroom and like live my life. And the door is locked and I like knocking, I'm like, hello. And another person who was working it like peeks her head through the door and is like, how are you with gore? And baby LARP Stephanie is like, I, what, what do you mean? And I was like, but I really had to pee. So I was like, I guess I'll find out. I don't know what's going on. And so she opens the door and she's got like, in one of the shower stalls, there's this like this tarp and she's just putting together meat baby. And she's trying to explain to me what meat baby is about. (laughs) And I'm trying, I'm like, listen dude hold on i gotta pee real fast and then i will come back and listen to this and i'm just like sitting there like what am i getting myself into and it's been super fun ever since <laughs> but yeah like they had she was like putting uh like like literally like hearts and things together and then like hid something in there for someone to find and i was just like my mind was blown i had no idea that was even allowed <laughs> Okay, well, while we're on that subject, I have I have two that are equally gross but amazing. Well, or, or could be gross but amazing. Okay. But, and Martin knows about one of these. Well, you do too, actually. I think you were there. Oh hell uh, yeah! The first one <laughs> is the first one is um, the Quest Adventure Gaming. Uh, I just blanked totally on the name. Outbound <laughs> Hope. Yeah. yeah. And um, the alien autopsy thing was was just amazing. The whole alien thing was weird because they like came up with this whole alien race that had this whole different way of communicating that it involved lights and uh, body language and stuff like that. And we had to try and communicate with them. And it was just a really amazing scene because the alien looked very, very alien. And then she died and was followed up by an alien autopsy that was really, really icky. Um, and the second would have to be, I do a, the buffer LARP I do is a cowboy, like set in kind of the, the old West, but it's the old West meets HP Lovecraft. Ooh. And, um, there was a, a sequence where we were being attacked by plague and the staff decided that the easiest way to represent being attacked by plague was just to take like mealworms and put them everywhere and there were there were like dead mealworms just everywhere like i'm I'm walking (laughs) late at night it's it's probably like like 11 o'clock at night 
and I'm walking around the camp area and my feet start crunching and I was walking on cement at the time. And I, and I'm like, what is going on? And I pull out the flashlight I'm not supposed to have. And I point it down to the ground and there's just like a path of mealworms in front of me. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Yeah. It was also um, centipede season here where, where I live, where there's a lot of centipedes anyway. And it just added to the just ick factor was that we had the live centipedes all over the place and the dead mealworms all over the place. <sighs> Crawl out of my skin. Ugh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So so how about you, Lars? What what is your your contribution to the, the I guess the weird is what we're on at the moment? <laughs> I've been thinking about the question for quite a while and I can't honestly not come up with anything. And now that I hear your stories, nothing that I've experienced in LARP in any way approaches that ick factor and the weirdness that that you guys were talking about. Um, I don't know if that means I just don't react to weird or if I haven't experienced it. I have no idea, but there is nothing in that sense that I have experienced that I would be considered weird. To me, the only thing that I could come up with was weird design, a design that to yeah, me that's fair, made yeah. me not be able to connect to the LARP and my character because of the way the design was. Uh, I'm, I would say I'm more than anything, I need to be immersed in my character. I can take a, time, a, a bit of time to get properly into character to get a feel for who he or he, she, or they, or whatever I'm playing is. And in this LARP, there were briefings, security briefings in the LARP during the LARP that I still don't know whether it was in game or off game. So it was obvious that they were briefing the characters, but they were also briefing the players in a way that I found completely immersion breaking and just weird. And that was the closest I could get to weird. That counts. No, and that, that definitely counts. And that's definitely very fair. Um, I, I went to a LARP out in the Sahara Desert where they had a game mechanic that that I just felt didn't work because I felt it was kind of an odd game mechanic and it kept breaking things up the way that the game was set up where every so often they had set up a loudspeaker and the game master interrupted the game with like a pre-recorded um, narrative. So you'd be all set to do something. You'd have this great plan for this little mini expedition that we're doing from base camp. And then they interrupted with the narrative and you know, that, that expedition was going to happen like the next morning and they interrupted with the narrative and suddenly it's not the next morning. It's like four days later. And you're like, but we had this great thing we wanted to do and now we're not going to do it. Why? <laughs> So it was just a it was it was just a really odd sort of game mechanic, but um, what what do you think makes things weird in a LARP in general? I think one thing that could make things weird is when the LARP or the design breaks your expectations without you having had any way to know this in advance. Like you said, the the LARP jumping four days ahead weird because you can't plan for it and you're not maybe not prepared for it and you like have this cool thing you want to do and suddenly all your plans are thrown out the window because a change in design i know people have gone to a larp that in no way was supposed to be cthulhu and then halfway through the larp monster starts showing up and everything turns cthulhu and they found that weird because that's not something they'd sign up for and not something they plan for 
yeah i think there's like i think there's definitely a difference between like good weird and bad weird and i think sometimes those things kind of intersect for like there's some (laughs) there's some venn diagrammy parts where things that are good weird for some people are bad weird for other people um and that's where a lot of uh you know pre-negotiation and warnings sort of need to show up but um yeah like meat baby was like almost bad weird for me at first because like i was i already had no idea what was going on and then there was a score everywhere <laughs> um but it ended up being fun because like people were careful about my reactions to it and it was fine but there's definitely been like some moments in LARP where I've just been like, hello, this is kind of, this is, this is weird in a way that like makes me want to like sort of just put my, cross my fingers and leave. Uh, but yeah, I think turning things on their heads, like the idea of wanting to turn like a concept or even just the way the LARP works on its head in a way that's fun for people can be weird good but and if you're not expecting it and that's not what you came here for then it just ends up being bad weird and you're having a bad time yeah i would totally agree with that uh not to just like jump off your point but no, um, no I'm fine that's fine i i think that you know weird in larp like it's so hard because when i think weird it has a negative connotation to me because if it was good then it would just be a fun storytelling element right instead of being like weird So I I guess for me, like a few things that I find weird, especially as a person of color, you know, in the United States and having gone and played LARPs overseas and stuff a lot. um, I think what's weird to me is when people, you know, when games don't take into account, you know, that they're poorly written allegory for racism or certain um, things just don't translate well to LARP if not really taking the time and done correctly or like I'll never forget the first time I saw a drow at a LARP game I think I was like 16 at that point and I that was so weird like legitimately weird like I had never heard of the drow before like the whole you know black painted skin and and white hair and like, I've never seen that. I had never had any conceptualization of that before this, that moment. And this guy just turns around. He was playing like some type of mage. And I remember just being like in shock or like confused. I was just like, what, what is, what is this guy wearing? Like it, it, it broke my immersion. It shocked my character. It shocked me. I just didn't know how, like, that's something I would say was, was pretty weird because it's not like they were talked about or or anybody like let me know like granted we've come very far in 10 years especially you know in America we've come a lot farther from where we were but like those kind of shocks are are I would consider like peak weird and it's something that like I don't know when I'm gonna encounter it I don't know how I'm going to encounter it I just know that I'm gonna and it's gonna make my experience weird and weird in the bad way where I don't know how to react or what to do. You know, um, there have been LARP games in the past that had, had um, quote, like slave races. And it, I understand it's usually as an allegorical way for white people to understand um, systemic oppression. But 
usually LARPers don't like at least here in America that it's not always handled with the uh severity it should be so like usually walking into that like I said it's just it's really jarring it's really weird don't know how to handle it <laughs> yeah no that's that's totally understandable that is definitely the that's definitely bad weird yeah um, yeah, no, and that's 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 completely fair. You know, it's it's. I think it's important that one of the things LARP designers have to think about is is who's who's playing the game. How will it affect them as an individual? How will it affect the game overall? I think that's definitely part of LARP design, and and probably we're getting better at it. But you know, there are there are still areas where you know. Cer certain people won't think about certain things because it's it's either hasn't affected them directly or or you know they're just not keyed into thinking about things that way so that's definitely a good point and it's a point for any of the larp designers listening to you know maybe make certain that that you start taking things like that into consideration yeah for sure so um so what what was something that that was just so bad for each of you that that it absolutely made the LARP worse? <laughs> oh boy! I, I can go for the same thing that I that I mentioned the in and out. I could not deal in any way with breaking immersion and then going for a mission that lasted an hour or two and then go back in and breaking immersion and then out for another mission that to me completely ruined what i thought was going to be well a, a fun lark but it turned out to be piecemeal and weird for me to relate to in in so many ways uh, i'm sure that was at least in part difference in LARP schools. I believe that is a very common way of LARPing in England, but to me it was the first time I had experienced it and I was not aware of it. So that definitely made the LARP a lot worse for me. It broke everything that had to do with immersion. And I think that's really fair. Um, I have a, a very similar sort of issue that happened with a LARP that I went to, and I'm, I'm going to be nice to the LARP company and not mention the name, not because I I, I don't want to call out a bad LARP, but because I don't think the LARP is bad in general, I think this just affected my experience with it more mm -hmm. so than anything else. Um, and, and it was the fact that we went through like 90% of the LARP and when there was like that last sort of big denouement that we were coming up to for the end of the LARP, a whole bunch of players had an idea that they wanted to do and we presented it to the Game Masters and the game master's response is, no, no, you don't want to do this. You absolutely want to do the thing that's happening. And that was sort of the wake up moment for a lot of us when we realized that our characters had no agency. And that to me was just such a bad design piece of that LARP that even though I'd had an enjoyable time up to then, learning that I had no agency really just killed the LARP for me. It, it was, everything was downhill from that point onward. It wouldn't have mattered if, if, you know, 
they had they had actually had massive special effects kind of budget and done a whole bunch of super super cool stuff from that point on my brain was checked out from that larp it, it was just sort of a uh you know I, I i can't focus on this because if i focus on this i realize that my character is pointless there's no point to my character at all right now and they had done that with a whole bunch of characters where you had like one thing that was really important for your character kit to get done. And then your character was essentially out of the story. And, and it, it just struck me as a really bad writing technique and a really bad concept for a LARP. Um, but you know, again, that may just be me. It just may be the fact that I LARP because I like the agency that I have with what to do with my character. So, and I feel that's like what most people like is, the ability to like, you know, and like, that's like why I LARP is so I can like leave my house, leave myself behind, be someone else for a while that can like deal with their problems and then come back and be like, all right, maybe I can deal with my problems a little better now. Um, but like there, like you said, there's a lot of LARPs that I go to where um, you can tell that they're like a really close knit group of people like outside of the game. Mm, yeah. And so they are like sort of like always in like this quasi like twilight zone of in character and out of character and that is like my biggest pet peeve i'm like if you like like just don't don't do that <laughs> i need like i want to be i came here to be this character that i worked on or this character that i've been given and i want to immerse myself in the story and the problems <laughs> therein like i don't want to hear like you know people making like real life jokes i don't yeah it's it's really, um, I don't want to say disheartening because that sounds so extra, but um, <laughs> it just makes you not want to like go back to the LARP because you're just sitting there like, all right, this is just cool hangout time with you guys and all your friends. I would like to uh, role play this character, but I'll come back later, I guess. Yeah, I... Uh... I can empathize with that too, kind of with everybody's stories. Um, you know, there've been LARPs, uh, again, I'm, I'm really happy. I've been lucky to go to so many, but, uh, there was a LARP in Chicago where they tried to do this thing where they brought in like gods, like spirits from another plane of existence that mess with the humans. Right. And there were these, they were technically gods that were worshiped in the world, but they weren't gods they were just like these elemental kind of forces and the thing was is that they wanted players to randomly just be these the spirits but even though the players didn't ask for it they didn't want it um and fundamentally being a spirit would completely change your character like they would be have a different personality they would um talk differently the relationships would be different and, you know, now they're a deity, essentially. So the player has to figure out how they would act as a god. And now people were just picked. Nobody, they didn't ask if anybody wanted to do this or if they wanted to be a part of it. They just picked people. And it ended up making so many problems. Because, like, not, not only was everybody extremely confused as to what was going on and how was it affecting these players, but it was confusing for the actual narrative of the story because the three episodes prior to this fourth episode, these spirits were like never mentioned. 
barely ever talked about not talked about as ways that like could possess human beings so it's pretty uh that was pretty bad i think that was like when that happened because it was a weekend it happened on like the first night the evening uh and we started in like the afternoon on friday and everybody like i had checked out by by that because everybody was so confused for the rest of the weekend we had no idea what was going on the narrative had just totally gotten screwed so that and like i did my best to make a good time for myself but what really hurt the most is watching new larpers would never larp before struggle to make play because they didn't really know how to interact as these characters that they didn't write or want so I think that, like, again, kind of going off of the whole, like, taking away agency thing, I think that's, like, one of the worst things that you could do for players besides, you know, discriminating against them in some way or fashion, which is, like, the second way I would say is, like, the worst thing that has totally killed my LARP. Yeah. Sorry, um, I was just thinking um, for me that players are what makes it bad, can make it bad, can make it the worst. Oh yeah. And I hate to, I hate to say it that way because it sounds like it, you know it's it's never the staff, but sometimes it can be. But like a perfect example would be something happened to a character at a parlor LARP I, I played, and I I had kind of really lost interest in this character. Like I was waiting for this character to die. It's a parlor LARP where character death is fairly common. Um, you know, one of those with pointy fangs, that kind of thing. And, um, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. And I was waiting for my character to die. Well, my character finally, someone finally got around to killing my character, which I was, and it happened in such a way that I was really, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can't believe it. And I was really just geeking out about the whole thing and really like just being extremely happy about it and kind of going, oh my gosh, guys, out of game in sort of the green room going, you'll never guess what happened until somebody came to me and said, dude, shut up. And was actually very rude about it. Like, oh. you're you're not supposed to tell people we did that. I'm like, I'm not in character. They're not in character. Why can't I talk about this thing that was really cool for me? Yeah. It, it really sucked my interest. How in rude. Just because it was so, it was so negative a thing. To, like, I'm, I'm really, I was really actually excited about it. And one of the players that actually killed me came to me and was like, dude, don't do that. Don't don't talk about it. I'm like, but it was awesome. Why shouldn't I talk about it? It's terrible. I, yeah, I, I agree completely. You should always talk about the awesome stuff that happens to you in LARP because it's it's, it's so awesome that you know it, it needs to be shared. Talking about our experiences and and bonding over what we do isn't that at least in part why we LARP? Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. So. Exactly, for sure. So, so we've discussed some of the weird, we've discussed some of the bad. So, what's something that's absolutely made a LARP for for any of you? In other words, it's it's, you know, it could be a scene, it could be the LARP itself, it could be a character you had, it could be an interaction. But whatever it is, it absolutely made that LARP for you. It made it, you know, just an, an amazing experience. So, um, oh, does somebody else no, want to go? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was, I'm just thinking. Um, so, 
rewinding the clock again, uh, quite a few couple of years. Um, I am now 20 and this was like five years ago. Um, I went to Europe for the first time to play a LARP. I'd been to Europe before, but not to play a LARP. And I went to a, uh, a wizard school LARP over there in Poland and I had okay. never, you, 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 you can, you can say the name. It's okay. I, I, I don't censor that stuff. Oh, okay. So I went to college of wizardry uh, over in Poland and I had never experienced like doing that before. And it was very intimidating, especially again, you know, understanding that as a black person, you're probably going to be the only black person in the room or one of like two or three that's attending the entire, freaking game of like 156 people i mean it's it's okay to get a little intimidated and i had also never approached the concept of playing a different ethnicity than my own i'm a multiracial american i'm the whole world and a person so like i've never been cast as like a polish person or a german person i i didn't know what that meant for me i didn't know how to play that but the players were so welcoming and so kind it really totally changed my perspective on on larping just blanketly in general and role play and how it's in my opinion supposed to be because my character was this little uh, eccentric squeaky space wizard <laughs> and uh she was very sweet and she was a uh, first year and she had to get put into a house there were two houses that were vying for her, one called uh, Labusa and the other one called Faust. And Faust is kind of like the brainiac Slytherin types kids. And Labusa is very much like a Hufflepuff and Gryffindor mix. And I wanted to go into, like my character wanted to go into uh, Labusa. And so everything had been put in place and it turns out for the sorting, Faust pulled some evil strings and they got her instead. And then uh, my character was very sad and I wandered the school and Labusa, who was having like their house meeting found me and I had never had an experience like this before where the players just uplifted me. My character was sad. She didn't get in the house where she felt she belonged and they pulled me into this circle in the center of the circle and they were like, don't worry, you're one of us as far as we're concerned. You know, you can come into our common room and everything and they all sang and danced around me and gave me this big hug and it was just that was the first time I had ever had an experience like that. And I had already been LARPing for quite a few years. So that was um, like just the, the players being willing to lift people up and, and the very kindness and the humility from everybody was just, that was eye opening. So I, I, I can share that, that sentiment to an extent with college of wizardry. I had a, I had a, not, not to go back to weird or bad, but I had a, uh, experience at the college of wizardry I went to that was just so mind bogglingly like, I'm not sure how I dealt with it at the time. Um, I was one of the prefects for Durentius house and we had gotten a student sorted into Durentius whom genuinely their character didn't want to be there. They themselves were fine with it. Yes. But their character was so like, really just horribly not wanting to be there. And like everybody in the house went out of their way to feel the, to make this person feel welcome, you know, took the time to sit with them, talk with them individually. 
And it actually got so bad from the character perspective that I want to say it was like the last day I had to break character and just sit down with her. And I'm like, look, I have to break character because I actually have to talk to you and make sure that you're not like super depressed right now. Cause we're also immersed in these characters. I can't tell if it's you who is depressed or if it's your character who's depressed. And she's like, Oh no, as a player, I'm having an awesome time <laughs> playing this horribly, like super depressed character. So don't worry about that at all. I'm like, all right, I just needed to make sure because you know, I don't want you having a horrible LARP. I, I want you to have this great time. And she's like, oh no, it's so awesome. I've wanted to play a character like this for years and I'm finally getting the chance and it's just great. And I'm like, but, you know, that's, that's fine. You, you do you just go have, go have fun with that. And it, it, it didn't make the LARP any worse for me. As a matter of fact, that interaction sort of made the LARP that much better because now we could, now we could play up this thing about her being so super dep- you know, super depressed that she wasn't in the house she wanted to go into. Um, and, and it really sort of made it fun. That's, that's not really the, the, the one I would pick for my, 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 um, thing that made a LARP for me. As a matter of fact, Lars, you're, you're part of the thing that made a LARP for me. Um, so we, we both did one in Finland called Odysseus and it wound up that, that, Lars and I were two of the bridge officers on this ship. And like every time the senior staff went off to do something like 90% of the time, it was myself and Lars that were just stuck on the bridge and everybody else was gone. It was just him and me. And we just came to referring to ourselves as the a team for that, because (laughs) it was like, we're the only ones they trust to leave the bridge to. (laughs) And it was funny because you and I had built such a rapport in character um, that, you know, when it came to battle and, uh, so giving a little bit of real world history. So I'm, I'm a pilot and I'm an ex military officer and I believe you're an area controller or were an air traffic controller at the time. Air traffic control. Yeah. Tower control. Yes. So, so when Lars and I started like just trading comments back and forth, I just switched into pilot mode. You were in air traffic control mode. You were getting the info from me and passing it on to the people who were playing, uh, playing that they were in the fighters. And one of those people was, was also like ex ministry of defense or working with ministry of defense. So we had this language between the three of us that just flowed perfectly. And it was like this well-oiled machine sitting on the bridge. And it was just so much fun to play those scenes and th- they they alone made that LARP just so incredible. And every time we heard um, this one um, this one guy come on as one of the fighters, and I'm blanking on what his character name was. Talking about Nick's character, I'm assuming. Yes, Nick's character. Yeah. Whenever we heard Nick's character come on, like the entire tension level in the bridge just like went down like 50 degrees because everyone's like, oh, he got this. he's out there. We're fine. We got this. We got him the frequencies. We got the guns handling the big stuff. He's got all the fighters. We're good. <laughs> it was a lot in that because not only had you the real life experience to tackle your in-game position, but of the comms team, three out of four had previous or were either were air traffic controllers or had gone to air traffic controller school. So there was a, yep. a very tight, even amongst the, the, the comms people. And, and we, we got to do actual controlling in a spaceship and the crew worked seamlessly. And like you said, the pilots were epic in how it was. And the 
the lingo, the flow, everything was smooth. So yeah, I can agree that that is definitely one of the scenes or, or things in general where a LARP running smoothly and the people running it just made everything so perfect. Yep. Yep. And I, and, and I mean, like I said, I, for, for me, it was just an awesome experience. I've had other LARPs that have been, that have been really great, but that those scenes are just the, one of those scenes that just stands out of, of, of it just worked like so perfectly and it wasn't planned. No, that's true. I will also mention this, uh, like definitely that story could be told from my perspective as well, because that was definitely the A-team sitting there chatting while everyone was running around doing their thing became a, a very fun thing. But there is one episode from Conscience that I will never forget. Uh, for those that don't know, Conscience is a Westworld LARP in Spain, run at Fort Bravo, where The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly and other movies have been recorded. Wow. So it is an actual Western village. Lucky. Um, and they had some decent systems. All the all the um, the hosts had an app and an airplug. So if something happened, the organizers could rewrite their characters as they were right then and there. And the and the, the players just got the information on the air. They were being told by the app that something happened. And much of the LARP was well, it's called conscience. So a lot of the LARP was about the hosts gaining conscience. And at one point, one of the characters, I got kind of by random embroiled in the whole getting the, the robots their rights and their conscience plot. And at one point, one of the characters got to learn one of her previous iterations in her air while we were talking, just standing around talking about something completely different, completely random. And she just breaks down in front of us, completely, utterly breaks down. We started, we're sitting there or standing there talking her eyes suddenly just widen and she starts crying and shivering and shaking and just completely unraveling in front of us. And no one knows why. And it is an epic scene quite simply because of uh, the design and the way she played the scene just bl completely blew my mind away because that was epic. Wow. I've always wanted to go to that LARP, by the way. <laughs> that, yeah, that that's so cool. That's definitely gone. one of my favorites. That's so cool. Oh my God. So cool. I've, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about that. I've heard a lot of, about that LARP. I've heard a lot of things that are difficult for players. Um, a, a good friend of mine went to it and wound up playing, I guess they're called Black Hats. Yep. They're the, the ones that are like fully evil and this guy's just not an evil person in general. And he had such a hard time playing that character. It is not and an easy LARP to play, I think, no. because it deals with pretty heavy subjects, right? You cannot play a Westworld LARP without it dealing with pretty heavy stuff. Yep. But yep. True. yeah, the design was well made. I know that many people have had troubles playing Black Hats because they, they had to carry so much evil. It had to be so mean for there to be play but i also know that some of the non-black hat players some of the hosts they wanted even more so it became a very difficult thing knowing exactly where the the limits were and and how far to push it and and i'm sure that several black hats struggled with pushing it as far as other players wanted them to push it yeah um the the being like not like mean but the having to like as like a 
because like I guess, I'm assuming as a black hat, you're still a player, but you're still sort of like pushing a little bit of the agency of the game. Um, and in Legends of the Stars, the third year it ran, um, I was playing like it was you know it's a it's a space horror like a gothic horror game, and so like, we're all like playing these ghosts on the ship while the players are running around doing all this stuff, and we're like you know, trying to like, you know, push them. We're using their backstories that have been written against them. We're, you know, trying really hard to sort of like push these characters to their limits. But um, there was a scene where, um, cause everyone in that game had just decided like all the players, I don't know if they had like a little like chat or something, but they all decided they were just gonna be like the most like radically kind people in the entire world. They went very like, that was uh, one player because I was there for that one. That was one player that got everybody on the same side. Yes, yep. it was, and because like, you know, I I had spent a while writing these characters with the other two writers, and we'd been like planning all of these like, you know, really dark things to be like, you know, sort of be like, yeah, this is the story of what happened on this like on the spaceship, and it's so terrible, blah blah. And I'm playing like both a ghost and the soul of the ship trying to like convince these people that like there's nowhere you can run i'm gonna eat your souls and i'm getting out of here um and they were so kind to me and i was like what the fuck is happening what is going on um (laughs) and i and i do have to i do have to admit stephanie you 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 make an absolutely awesome ship going insane yes yes you do yes you do um well it was fun because like we like my the, I had been like a plant PC the previous game. Everybody died that last game, and so the ship used that character as sort of like a little like, anglerfish puppet to sort of you get people to join, like to do what she wanted and go where she wanted, or the ship wanted. And um, but everyone's being so like nice to her and being like, we're gonna help you. We're gonna get you out of here. And um, it was like so hard to be mean, and so. Uh, there's a scene where like the ship is like something's happening with the ship and all the engineer characters are trying to like get this ship to work again um, before like life support goes down and super dramatic. And one of the people is like, oh, well, the ship op- like the ship can use like the life force of people. I'll just sacrifice myself. And I had to like go out of character for a second to be like, it was like half out in character, half out of character. But I was like, listen, if you do this, you will die just be aware that this is going to be a thing that happens and she was like oh yeah no i'm so ready for this and like we had to, we got to have like this super cool scene where like all of her friends like cried over her and i was like don't worry i'll take care of her while she's still here and like i just had to like i didn't have to like it was an absolute privilege to like shepherd this lost soul now with me on the boat around for the rest of the larp it was so cool there are so many moments and, and I from think, that year that stand out. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I think one of the funniest things with that LARP in particular was the fact that the adults really went down that path of everyone trying to be kind to each other, everyone trying to be the, 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 the good guy, everyone trying to, you know, g- go to the light side if you want. And then we ran the same LARP for the kids. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And the kids went in the exact opposite direction. They went so dark, <laughs> so fast. I mean, you know, the, the, the adults managed to not have the ship blow up on them and and everything was all hunky-dory and the kids' LARP ended with the ship blowing up. It was just complete 
polar opposites and so bizarre, but it was just amazing to watch the two different ones from an outside perspective. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I, I helped staff an NPC that one. Oh, that was, that it was, was just so weird. Cause like we were definitely expecting the first round to go like the adult round to go that way. Like, you know, we were expecting to people like to really just get in their feelings and like, you know, fall fall into that sort of like pit of despair but like for every single despairing thing that we got to throw at them like there was a scene because like I have access to everyone's character backstories half because I wrote half of them but also because we just have them on hand and so there's a scene where like uh one of the people who was like being really really like careful and kind with me the whole time and it's like getting really worried when I started like going like crazy shit mode I had them cornered in this room that is absolutely covered head to toe in blood. And um, he's like trying to get, trying to figure out a way to like stop the ship from eating people. And I'm in there and I'm like, 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 cause his character had like, had like a, someone die, like a daughter figure die and like his backstory. And I was like, I remind you of her, don't I? Why aren't you helping me? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just pulling on every single string that I can. And he just like has this look of just like, what the fuck is going on? What is happening? And then he just like comes up to me, and, like takes my hands and is like, I'm going to help you. And I'm just standing there like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Part of that was, oh, again, one player just, he'd smile and it would be like, well, whatever going to do, whatever he wants to do. All right. Yeah. And like, even like the quote unquote dark side characters were like, all right. I guess we can work together or whatever. <laughs> and it was like this like very <laughs> funny, very like endearing, begrudging cooperation. We were actively so, plotting so, behind his back. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was it was so much so much good with that LARP. Um so that actually brings brings up a, a sort of a, a good question, which is out of all the LARP you've done, do, do you have like one that is a favorite or maybe two that are a, a, an absolute oh, favorite? God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, Go ahead. I think, I think at this point now, I've been to about 10 different countries. I've LARPed in 10 different countries and I've played over 128 LARPs in my lifetime thus far. And uh, I think if I had to give an award to Amer an American LARP and a European LARP, my European pick would be uh, Fairweather Manor. Uh, hands down, without a doubt, Fairweather Manor 4 in uh, late 2017 was the best LARP I have ever experienced up to that point and still to this day, the best LARP I've ever experienced. Um, it was just so immersive. Again, I, I ran into a very similar thing where I was, you know, one of I think three people of color in the entire game and the anxiety of like oh no <laughs> I have to be a white like I'm playing a, a white coated that's the better way to say it a white coated Irish noble and I was the daughter to essentially two white parents and so I at first super nervous about how we were going to talk about that but we just kind of hand waved it we're like whatever it doesn't matter we're just going to say in this universe, yep, that's right. Two, two white people popped out a brown baby and whatever, it's fine. <laughs> and um, that game was the first time I, I really truly felt 
that people played with me, not like with a perception of me or a perception of my, my race or anything, just me and the intimate romance and intrigue and drama that I have. I've just, it was like lightning in a bottle. I've never, I've never seen anything like it since. Um, I, li I literally lived a, a romance novel in real life and I'm a huge sucker for romance novels. So that was quite the accomplishment. And, uh, I think that my favorite LARP here in the United States would be a game called Damarong, uh, which is a Viking LARP that takes place uh, here in Pennsylvania. And again, this was another a genre I had never gotten to play uh, because unfortunately, uh, a lot of Viking stuff in the US has a lot of Nazis, like a lot of Nazis, tons of Nazis. So I have never, it's just, being a black person in America, biking stuff was like, ah, no, we don't mess with that because, you know, we can't play that. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hurt us. They'll kick us out or they'll do something. But finally being able to delve into a genre that I have never, uh, like a style and a genre of play that I've never been able to before was not only very liberating, um, it was super fun because uh, it's basically the uh, apocalypse is coming. And uh, each real world year that passes is 25 years in the game. So technically last year was going to be our second season, but obviously we've pushed it. Um, and playing the first season was just amazing because I finally felt like, oh, I can, you know, I can be a Viking. Like I can be brown and a Viking. I personally thought I looked more Inuit, but I'm also Native American. So <laughs> when I uh, dressed up, but those would definitely be my two top larp experiences hell yeah <laughs> when you said the the viking one is in pennsylvania yes yes it is it's uh it takes place about an hour outside of philadelphia awesome <laughs> i must say that as a norwegian going to the states to play a viking larp sounds very interesting and i'm not sure if i would uh how to approach it because I have very strong notions about the whole concept, right? Being where I'm from, the first royal seat of Norway is like 20 minutes from my house. So yeah, uh, that, that sounds interesting, but also scary. Uh, it's, it's more of like a Viking, I would say like a, you know, a Viking inspired because there's, they take a lot of liberties and whatnot, but uh, it's, it's, it's a really fun time. I would recommend everybody give it a shot. You know, as soon as you started talking about it, I just pulled it up on my phone. So I have it here to look at. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> Everybody should go check it out. I wish Fairweather Matter was still around. I, I, I did um, a YouTube series about it. And I, to this day, to this day, I get people um, messaging me uh, from all over the world about like, oh, how can I get to go to this game? Like, can you tell me more about it? I saw that you didn't post a link for it anywhere. And I'm like, oh. Because it doesn't exist. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. I'm really sorry. Oh, <laughs> that's really sad. Yeah, it, I know. I, I, I will agree that Fairweather Manor was actually an, an amazing experience. I, I had a really good time at that LARP, too. I, it's, it's one of those LARPs that actually has a whole bunch of both good and weird combined with it. Weird in a good way, not weird No, really I totally agree with that. Um. <laughs> And there were so many memorable scenes from 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 the year that that I did it. Um, 
you know, you, so I think you, you were you were the bride that year. Oh, that was five. And yes. Yeah, yeah, and 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 your groom and his groomsmen managed to like set fire to something in one of the in one of the rooms during the yes! bachelor party. That was a <laughs> that was an interesting one, um, and it was it, it was just so like the perfect mix of characters, perfect mix of characters for that. Truly, one. and like the um, fact that as well that you know you could go to the game more than once and play a different character and have a totally different meaningful experience even just playing a character that was adjacent to one that you played last time. It's a totally, cause like the first time I played a bridesmaid, I play, played the uh, sister to the groom. And the, the second time I played the bride and it was still just as amazing. And the narrative beats were always there. Yeah, no, definitely. That, that was one of those games that, that, you know, I'm really sad that it's no longer around. Um, Wish I, I wish we could have put a save Fairweather Manor campaign together the same way that they did for College of Wizardry, but sadly, I know enough of the backstory to know that it just wasn't feasible. Yeah. So, but uh, anybody else have a have a LARP that you know is is your absolute favorite? Yeah, go ahead, go Peter, go first. Uh, I'll go ahead. Okay. Um, my my favorite, and that's my favorite. It's a it's a buffer. Um, uh, is definitely Calamity, which is the one I play regularly. Um, and that's just because it's the staff goes the extra. I mean, they had a the monster that they were using to represent famine. They actually had someone in a stilt costume that was running around with like extended tree branch hands or whatever. And I saw like the skeleton of it, just just the the skeleton, the frame for it. And I just went, I, I can't believe that that was a thing somebody was wearing. This is amazing. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. The rules are easy to understand and follow. And it, it's silly. It's light. Um, and then for the, the other one would have to be uh, Legends of the Stars. Just because of how... In, how just... My first first memory of that game was literally being dropped in while the game was already going because I was late. And just there were ghosts screaming at the same time I'm being escorted into the warden's office. And I'm like, what is going on? So and I, just, <laughs> I love that. So those are my two. Just, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, finding one is impossible. I've been... Uh... Looking at several, Conscience has been mentioned, Odysseus has been mentioned. They're all, but they're both right up there. Uh, I have to mention Baphomet and House of Cravings just because they're delightfully weird in a oh, very one day. Way. Uh, truly, truly epic LARPs. But I'm going to mention two others more in specifically. This the one is my first proper LARP called Ultopolis. That was in Norway, and I mean, it was well designed and everything. I'm not sure if it's the LARP itself that makes it a favorite, but I mean, all these people, the first time I experience it, first time I hear Rammstein, which I instantly fell for, uh, the, <laughs> I thought the LARP was all about me. And when the LARP was over, I realized there was a main plot that I haven't even heard of. And I still thought the LARP was about me. Uh, and kind of by chance, I'd gotten a bunch of tickets to a pre-pre-screening of The Matrix, like two months before it premiered in Norway. 
and this LARP was about an AI taking over the world. And then the day after, I go to the Matrix and see that with all these new friends of mine. Oh, God. So, yeah, just nice. that whole experience, unforgettable, changed my life. And I will also have to mention Cult. That's a Dutch LARP, um, basically about a sex cult, suicidal sex cult thing. And nice. I think what made that LARP so good to me was extremely well-written characters. I don't think I've ever had a character I found so easy to play. It was extremely well-written, had interesting backstories, interesting connections, been married for 20 years, always daunting when you meet a player as a, hi, I'm your husband of 20 years. How are you? It's nice to meet you. <laughs> but instant chemistry, me and her played fantastically well together. It was just brilliant, the whole thing. And I don't think, I think the worst moments I've ever had in any LARP was the three hours she was mad at me. She just stressed me out completely. I come into a room, she leaves. Such small things. But that character, that relationship, that LARP, us being there trying to get our kids out and partly succeeding at least, the whole thing, just brilliant. So, yeah. I um, I have to say that I think that, that from a favorite LARP perspective, it's, it's a very close tie between two of them that I've done. Um, and, and some of you have been to, to, to both of these, um, or some of you have been to each of them, I should say. Um, Outbound Hope, uh, which ran uh, two years ago on, on the Destroyer Edson out in, uh, in uh, Michigan, and is running again next year, which is going to be absolutely awesome. Um, just the crew that we were with, the group of players that we were with, um, everything worked. Like There was nothing of that LARP that didn't really fit together. It was a smooth group. And it was another one of those experiences where, you know, the the guy who was playing the captain of the ship and myself are both ex-Navy officers. So the the language was already there. The mesh was kind of perfect. It was just an amazing, an amazing experience. The other one, though, has to be College of Wizardry. Um, <laughs> we went to the last College of Wizardry that, that, that ran a, f a few years ago, uh, my wife and I. And the all of the experiences, like everything surrounding it. I mean, from the second you see the castle to the moment that, you know, everything's over and, and, and done with was just so incredible. And there's this one scene. So myself and the other Durantius prefect were specifically written as polar opposites. So I was the one that was basically the welcoming, you know, everybody belongs in Durantius guy. And she was written as specifically specious absolutely if you weren't a pure-blood human you did not belong in that house and it had gotten to the point where she had antagonized like all the players in the house so that almost every single one of us was ready at one point or another to be turned into werewolves just to piss her off and it was such a fun experience and we eventually decided not to do it although we did tease her like all weekend because like all the werewolves were trying to be really nice and friendly <laughs> So, so we, we always teased her that Sendivodius was the name of the, the house that had like almost all the werewolves in it. And we always told her Sendy hugs are the best hugs because they're so soft and fluffy. <laughs> and 
I mean, so they they went out of their way to be nice. I mean, they they had like hot chocolate in their in their common room. They would invite people in for hot chocolate and hugs. And it was Aww, just... <laughs> Aww, that's great. Um, it was so awesome. If you if you ever felt down and you needed hot chocolate and the hugs, you just knew where to go. Um, but it got to the point where where so we had lost the house cup because of like all the stuff she had done basically cost us all the points at the end. So we're up giving this losing speech, and she's starting to give this speech that's just this specious filled like claptrap that her character had been building up to the entire time and we'd planned this out so we'd, we'd, we'd worked this out and pre-negotiated this and I just get up there and I just cast the spell to shut her up and if you've ever been to College of Wizardry you know one of the rules is that outside of class you're not technically allowed to cast spells you're kind of getting in trouble for doing it so we'd done this entire thing with the faculty standing right behind us and I was turning around to apologize to the faculty and the dean for having cast this spell outside of class without permission after, like, the entire audience, like, burst into applause. And I turn around and look at the faculty, having the speech ready in my mind, apologizing for having done this, and every single one of the faculty members is standing up and applauding what I just did. And the only thing going through my mind is, yeah, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. So I turn back to the rest of the group and just sort of say, you know what? She doesn't speak for Durentius. We're cool with all of it. Yeah, we lost, but we had fun losing. And that's really all that counts. So let's get back to the party. <laughs> and then, you know, walk back. To the, it was just such a, it was just such an amazing, like, scene that it, it I mean, there was so much in that LARP. One of the things we had to do was come up with a, a device that would help werewolves in in their plight of changing so you know and, and again playing to her mm-hmm. character her character was that you know the werewolves would essentially wear a shock collar so that every time they started turning it would just inject them with silver because it would prevent them from turning and like everybody in the class is like but that sounds really cruel and unusual yeah it prevents them from turning into werewolves but it hurts like hell every time you do it <laughs> and it was just it just the entire weekend was filled with stuff like that plus the cat yeah it's such a stunning location I mean, it really is beautiful place S- secret passages <laughs> it's true um so so all right so you know, we, we, we've been talking for a little while and and uh, got probably about two more questions for everybody as a whole. So what, from your perspective, what's something that a player can do to sort of influence their own experience at a LARP for the better? Hmm. I think as someone who has been both like an NPC and a player, I think it's... It's especially since I started as an NPC, which I feel like it's kind of backwards, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> is to pay attention to the players, like to like to the people around you. Like I mean, that feels like that that's completely like obvious, but it's like the players are either like going to like be like very obviously avoiding something that like their character doesn't want to do, but they want to be pushed into, and mm-hmm. then like you know you go to them and make either in or out of character negotiate like, hey, do you want to do this? Or be like, hey, like, or have like that in-character conversation of like, you know, bringing them into the game and bringing them into their own stories or your stories and 
making sure that they're involved because I've been to a few like I'm not I'm not anywhere near as prolifically LARPed as the rest of you guys but um I've definitely been to a couple where I've just kind of sat there like I have this character but there's nothing that like I'm just sort of like here I don't really feel like involved in the story at all and then there's other games where like the moment I show up every single other player is like bringing me in like telling me their story asking me my story like bringing me in on all these like plans that they have whether or not it's a good idea in character or out of character they're just trying to get like trying to get you involved and they're totally fine with it like being like a oh like she could totally betray me if she wanted to but she's involved now and it's part of the game and we'll have a good time either way um just that like just radical like this person's here all right they're a part of our group now or oh like we're gonna like see if she wants to be like our cool antagonist or if you know they'll just mm-hmm. getting them involved no matter no matter the cost unless the person wants to be you know like the sad rogue in the corner that just doesn't talk to anyone but even that character wants some sort of like emotional catharsis from that from that experience as well so on that note i still feel bad about throwing out of communications every time you came up there <laughs> oh no that's fine that well that's see, that was part like that's part of that experience though right like i played press on a ship stuck in the middle of nowhere and no one fucking wanted to talk to me and part of the experience was like you know going around and like having everyone be like mm, wait who are you um and I'm like oh yeah I'm pressed they're like oh cool I do not see you anymore um and but they're like towards the end of the event um and even like in the middle of the event there were people who would actually sit down and talk to me and like like against their better judgment both in and out of character just sort of like didn't like give me like you know they weren't like oh yeah let me tell you all this juicy shit but like they one realized that I knew everything that was going on. So they wanted to know. So they would come to me <laughs> and two, um, they just wanted me to be, they felt badly. I think that I was getting, you know, stonewalled at every single turn. So they started like bringing me in places and letting me be a part of scenes. And, um, it actually kind of saved the event. Cause I was getting really pissed off. <laughs> like at the end of the first day, I was like, what the hell, man, how am I supposed to learn all the hot gossip? if i can't talk to anybody but um yeah no outbound hope has to be one of my favorite larps because every single player and every single non-player character was just so ready to get every single person involved and have their their stories heard and um have like their little grab a little hands on the story in some way and it was great you know it's, it's funny you mentioned outbound hope because that's what i was just thinking of for what can a player do to what can a player do is advocate for yourself advocate for your character be involved like the hardest thing for me to do um because the character that gave me an up on hope was a character who was sure he was a communications tech but he was also like super super interested in the idea of alien communication basically he was a lieutenant O'Hara, and mm-hmm. um and, and i was trying to 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 get involved in all the alien discussion well first i had to figure out okay i'm probably gonna have to talk to the martians so I got one of the Martians that was working on it. He was, he and I came, came together really good. But then the captain of the ship says, okay, you know what, Sherman, you're in charge of, of, of this. You're, you're going to be our person, our liaison with the science team. But he didn't, it wasn't until I think like Sunday morning that he finally looked at me and said, 
if a decision has to be made, you make it. And that's it. You are the person. So when somebody actually tried to keep my character out, I finally had to look at the, it was a science minister. And I finally had to look at the science minister and say, minister, I have been given authority by the captain for this role. And it was just a really powerful moment. And yeah, advocate for yourself, stand up and say, wait a minute, I've got something to say is I think the biggest thing players, I think the biggest thing players can do is make themselves, put themselves out there. I will say one more thing about that, because if you feel disconnected, if you're struggling to connect to the other players and the LARP, that's probably, I, I agree, it's one of the smartest thing to do, but it's also one of the most difficult things to do. If, if you have gotten to the point where you feel disconnected, just barging in there and reconnecting is difficult. So I would say, go talk to the organizers. They're mm -hmm. always interested in having you have a great game. So if you're struggling to find your character, if you're bored or not knowing what to do, you know, just talk to the organizers and, and tell them exactly what it is you're struggling with. And they will, if they're good organizers and, you know, not extremely overworked, do their best to help you reconnect to their game because they want you to have a good experience. That has mm -hmm. never failed in the few instances where I've been disconnected. And I definitely think that's something we should do. So I've... I've found that one of the things that I've done at a few LARPs as a player is pay attention to the other characters around you. Um, you know, the, the example of, of the College of Wizardry one where the, where the character was having a really bad experience, but the player wasn't, and we took time to figure that out, I think is important as well. Um, because you're all in this, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're all in this game together. Very rarely do you have a game where someone is just playing for themselves, by themselves, to their own end. And, uh, you know, some good examples of that have been at LARPs where I, I've known that a character wasn't having a good time. And although my character doesn't directly interact with them because of the way the LARP was set up, I've been able to go out to other people and say, hey, your character and this character have a have a thing together that, you you know, you know it exists. So... So, you know, is it is it possible for you to reach out to this person and, 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 you know, sort of help them get more into that LARP and sort of, I guess, in essence, act as a non as a non player character GM that I'm really not in the game, but it's worked very effectively. And I think that if more people took the time to step back and, and think about the experience, not from their own perspective, but from everybody else playing, you can get a situation where you can help other players in a way that doesn't take away their agency. Um, and, and I think that's a big key to being able to help other players is to do it in a way that doesn't, doesn't sacrifice their agency with the characters. So in, in every instance where it's happened, you know, and I've told another group, Hey, maybe, you know, maybe this character has something that you want to do with them or, or you, you, you know, or, or you guys might need them for. It's always then been the other characters going up and saying, hey, we're going to go this. Do you want to come along with us? As opposed to saying, okay, you now come with us and just do this thing. And, and I think that's sort of another big key to <clears throat> making a successful LARP from a player perspective is not, you know, paying attention to the other players without, and, and trying to help them without killing their agency. I think that's a huge thing. It's a huge mm -hmm. thing for me, at least. Yeah, I am... Um... Kind of going off of, again, uh, everybody else's points here, you know, I also think that while it is important that a, a, a player 
you know, reaches out and understands that they are, you know, in charge of their own narrative. I think it's important that, you know, LARPs as well put the necessary and the designers as well as the organizers, whatever, everybody involved um, puts in um, a little extra for those of marginalized communities. Cause like it is super hard to just reach out, especially when you already feel maybe a little out of place or a little scared or a little nervous. So I think that a, a combination of just good community, community etiquette around uplifting players and making sure that the narrative for the whole, for the community is good and for them or uh, those around them is good. Cause like when that happens, when everybody's, everybody buys into that, it's a great experience for everybody. You gotta be willing to, to give and to take. And um, I, and I think maybe um, it hasn't really happened yet. And I hope to see it in LARPs in the future, um, a little bit of uplifting of players of color, because we know that, you know, it's a very underserved market within the LARP community. It's a, it's a very tiny pool of people because a lot of players of color don't feel safe. So my recommendation for what a player can do is not only just do research on the game. Um, you know, oh, I always say that, take a look at a game's community hundred percent, like join their group, join their discord, see what's up. Because if um, the community doesn't feel right, or if the way people talk to you doesn't feel right, just pregame, then the game's probably not going to be that great for you either. And um, I'm hoping that as, as time goes on and, you know, our, we continue to grow as, as a whole um, worldwide with LARP that, you know, these things in place for either people of color or maybe trans folk that are LARPing who haven't LARPed before or, you know, any other type of, you know, heavily marginalized group. Um, I think having maybe some uh, player resources there or, you know, a little bit more attentiveness there to make sure that they feel just as welcomed as their white counterparts or, you know, um, their other counterparts would be, uh, I think, monumental as well. It's hard to argue with. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I completely agree. So, um, so we're we're drawing to to the the end of our time here. So I'm going to ask you guys the same question that I ask every guest that I have on the show. It's my sort of standard closing question, uh, which is, what's next for each of you with LARP? Actually, going to one. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, right. right. I mean, Hobbit yeah. LARP. <laughs> Going to that sweet, sweet Hobbit LARP. <laughs> There's a Hobbit LARP? Yeah, yes. yeah, there is. It's I actually the know the guys running it. <laughs> it's called the Shire Town Shindig, and it's over at Ye Old Commons in Massachusetts. And uh, it's, it just seems like the most chilled out, laid back LARP ever. And I just want to like dress up like a Hobbit and just eat until I pass out. That is my plan. <laughs> that is my goal. What a mood. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I think the Belgians are doing a very similar thing. Just go there and be a hobbit and eat and have fun. Yeah. Like, I feel like, because, like, I have not done anything for the past year except, like, go to work and come home because my whole family has taken COVID very seriously. Um, so I'm not, like, going out and doing things. And there's been nothing to do anyways because everything's canceled. And so yeah. I was getting kind of nervous to go back to LARP, especially because, like, the only LARP that I really had in the works was outbound hope and that's a very like 
I'm traveling, but that's also like a high stakes LARP event, like very like high affect, high anxiety thing. And I was like, I don't know if I can handle this, man. This is this is spooky for me post COVID. And then all of a sudden someone was like, yeah, there's a, a Hobbit LARP happening. And I looked it up and was trying to see like what the vibe was. I mean, I don't know what the vibe could have been other than just chill <laughs> and eat. But um, I saw in the Facebook group, someone had asked like, oh, like, are we writing our characters? Are there pre-written characters? Like what kind of like things should I include if I'm writing it? And someone was like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, things that you can write into your character. Like for instance, there's a lot of interpersonal conflict. Like you could really like pie and I could really like cake. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> this is exactly what I want. What if you like both? I'm sorry. But yeah, I was just, I'm so excited for it. That's awesome. So Raquel, what's oh, next gosh. for you? Um, <laughs> what is what is ever not next for me uh, with LARP? Um, well, hopefully, uh, as you know, the year uh, goes on, I, I might have some really cool projects and LARPs. I I'll be attending hopefully towards the end of the year. Uh, fingers fingers super crossed. Um, but mostly just prepping for you know possible games happening in like june or july that are vaccination only like I, i'm not really sure how i feel about everything yet but i am yeah. uh, more than willing being i'm i'm fully vaccinated myself so you know and, and so is everybody in my immediate family and circle so i mean i'm i'm, I'm a little hesitant but i'm open to you know going back and basically for me technically getting back to work um and and going to events again so hopefully in the future uh i will be going to more larps and doing you know even more photo shoots and things than i'm already doing now which i guess if anybody wants to see that um if you're listening you can just google raquel skellington or look me up on instagram as raquel skellington i'm raquel skellington everywhere so um but yeah just more larp adventures hopefully That is the dream. <laughs> that is a dream. Lars? Yeah, what's next? Uh, well, there probably won't be much until October, November, but there is uh, Knutepunkt is in Norway this year, so I'm definitely going there with the uh, week in Oslo uh, event before. Uh, we have mm -hmm. a local, you know, vampire masquerade by night kind of thing supposed to start uh, there is reboot which is a post-infection post-societal collapse uh, larp that's also happening locally that we hope going to be done pretty soon everything has been postponed and exact dates are uncertain because of you know, our current situation right right there's sahara that i'm still hoping is going to go they haven't cancelled it and they say it's going to go in november but i haven't heard anything for months months so i don't know and next year, yeah, well, there is Mission Together in uh, in Spain that I'm definitely looking forward to. I'm playing the first run and NPCing the second. So there is there is a little bit of that, a little bit of that here. Hoping ho hoping it's going to be able to do soon. We'll just have to yep. wait and see. Yep. And, and I was going to say, I think you know the very next start I'm going to get to. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, because it's probably yeah. the same one for me. But but go um, ahead. And, probably and, that's you know. what I'm going to. Is I'm going to be working at is a, a matter of honor. Um, it's in November in I can uh, second Saginaw Bay Creek that area Bay City. I'm sorry, Bay City. Think Bay City Roars. There we go. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then beyond that, I might get to a couple of local, like small, there's a small vampire LARP I might go to and play, there's a, but that's a definite, that's a definite maybe. And I mean, I'm fully vaccinated now too, and it's just, but there's still so much uncertainty because I know a lot of people who aren't yep. and have no plans to get, no right. plans to do that. And they're like, well, I'm going to go LARP. Don't. I'm, gonna stay, I'm gonna stay home. You know. No, I think that that yeah, the the next one for me is also is also a matter of honor, which is the 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 honor Harrington LARP in in Saginaw, and, and the the really nice thing with that is working with Quest. Um, vaccinations will be required for all players, so if they're not vaccinated, they're not. Coming. I think that's the right way to do it. If um, I'm honest. That... Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And it, it it alleviates a lot of the yep. stress, I think, around that aspect of it, at least, because at least this way, you know that, you know, you're going to be playing with a whole bunch immune. of people who are, who are <laughs> immune and socially conscious enough to, you know, step up and yep. get the vaccine, essentially. Yep. So that's definitely a good thing. Um, so I think this has been an excellent discussion, and I would love to continue this for hours, but unfortunately, our time is coming to a close. So I would like to thank Lars, Stephanie, Raquel, and Peter for thank joining you us for today. Having us. Thank yes. you so much for having me. Uh, yep, My pleasure. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. Uh, our next episode, which will release the 25th of July, uh, 2021, will look uh, will be the fourth episode of our second season, and we'll look specifically at costuming Ooh. in LARP. And this topic will cover LARP again from a player perspective and share thoughts on costuming and how to prepare for a period LARP, how costuming can influence both how you as a player and the, the LARP event itself, um, you know, approach things. Um, so again, I would like to thank our guests for joining me live on this show. Uh, I'm your host, Martin. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Mal Books. Uh, additionally, we'd like to thank Lex Media for the use of their Fred Rothmel Memorial Podcast Studio. And I would like to thank Feedspot again for our inclusion on the top five podcasts you must follow in 2021 for LARP. And be sure to check out all of their links on our website at adventuredinkeeper.com. 